Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This episode is brought to you by Epsilon and their award-winning People Cloud Loyalty Solution. Epsilon has actually just released a guide on the topic of contactless loyalty, which explores how marketeers can create human-like connections with their customers in an increasingly contactless world. I would highly recommend you have a look, so to download the guide, visit emia.epsilon.com forward slash Let's Talk Loyalty and you'll find the guide in the resources section. So welcome to episode 63 of Let's Talk Loyalty. And truly in the spirit of Global Voices of Loyalty, I am delighted today to be welcoming George Mendes to the show. Now, George is the chief officer for the consumer business for Vodacom, which is a leading African communications company. So he's joining us today from his headquarters in Johannesburg. So welcome, George. Hi, Paula. So lovely to be here. Thank you very much for the Not invitation. Not at all. Not at all. So as listeners will know, I spend an awful lot of time monitoring new loyalty programs that are launching around the world, as well as showcasing a best practice for programs that have been around for a long time. So when I saw a lot of the work, George, that you've been doing launching Vodabox, I got very excited. And I know you launched the program just actually on August 31st this year. So first and foremost, congratulations on launching the program. Thank you very much. Uh, been a long time in the making, so very exciting. Uh, really, really fortunate and privileged to have done so, and yeah. uh, exciting times ahead. Indeed, indeed, George. So uh, just to give listeners a sense of the scale of Vodacom, I saw on your website within South Africa, you have 37 million customers. Um, no doubt you've uh, massive uh, targets to, uh, to connect with all of them. Um, great to know you've um, the majority market share as well in South Africa. So that's great. And clearly a very ambitious company, George. So as we get into talking all about your strategy, particularly within loyalty, let's start with our usual question. What is your favorite loyalty statistic? It's a great question. Thank you. And that's obviously a difficult one because there's a lot of statistics and uh, performance indicators that you'd like to achieve. But I'd have to go with what I believe is really close to my heart, which is uh, engagement. So I think that's probably the highest uh, statistic that I'd like to achieve. And when I talk about engagement, it's the frequency at which customers that have opted into to our program mm-hmm. uh, visit us on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that the more engaged consumers are on your actual platform, loyalty platform as such, loyalty and reward, mm. that they find it intuitive, easy and value uh, in their lifestyle somehow. And so for me, that would be the number one, would be the level of engagement. Wonderful. And I know you had pre-existing loyalty programs, George, which um, I believe were more focused maybe on the prepay market. Um, but I know Vodabooks now very much is focused on your entire customer base. And I think what I liked most, in fact, was um, you described that you're moving from being a telco to a techco. So um, I think that's an extraordinary evolution. And certainly there's lots of people listening in the telco industry. So I'd love to, first of all, get a sense of within that metric of engagement, George, what uh, kind of levels of engagement do you think will uh, be successful for Vodacom for this particular program? What are you aiming for? Yeah, it's a good point. And what does success look like? Uh, obviously, I would like maximum. I'm greedy that way. We'd like <laughs> good. To do, Always we'd good like in business. To 
<laughs> exactly. We, you know? We'd like to do the best of everything we can. But yeah. um, I, I'd go with saying that if we have consumers engaged 10 to 15 times in a month for some kind of activity on the platform, I'd say that would be a great start. Okay. Where would I, where would I like to land up? I would like to land up with a two-thirds engagement level on a monthly basis. Um, and the reason why I say that is as we shift from a, a telco to a teco, uh, you also have customers that have multiple SIM cards. Mm. And if they engaged much more with my platform, yeah. there's obviously little space to engage with other platforms. Yes. And so you start reducing the multi-SIM environment, which allows consumers to have multiple SIM cards, et cetera. So if they're extracting a lot more value and they're engaged mm. on, a, on a more regular and frequency with us, then there would be no reason to go somewhere else. Okay. And will you explain the multi-SIM piece, George? Because that's not something that I would be familiar with in my own background. You know, um, to me, it's enough, you know, to, to have one SIM card from Ireland, for example, and, and one from here in, in the UAE. But tell me, why do people swap their SIMs so much in, in your part of the world? So prepaid is a, is a big portion of our market um, mm-hmm. because of, of uh, credit and risk exposure, etc. Okay. And so, so the, the entry level into prepaid is quite simply just register with your details and you get a SIM card. Okay. The regulatory environment allows you to have multiple SIM cards. Mm. So typically what would happen is one consumer could have four or five SIM cards depending on what proposition or day of the month or week of the month they would like to utilize. So wow. if another network has a phenomenal offer on weekends, they could use that SIM card on weekends. Wow. If there's another offer that's fantastic for late night data surfing, as an example, they could easily flip SIM cards wow. and utilize that SIM card. So the more I could keep a customer engaged with me, um, yeah. for obvious reasons, that would add tremendous value. Wow. So intensely competitive is what I'm hearing and um, a real depth of awareness of all of the um, the core telco propositions. Absolutely. Super competitive. Um, mm-hmm. we, we have a very, very competitive environment. We have a market that is dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you've got to be aware of everything that's going on in the marketplace. To it. And that's why we, mm-hmm. we consolidated our programs because we had very specific prepaid programs and then contract programs yeah. and for high value, etc. cetera. And, yeah. and it was very, um, let's say it was not well orchestrated and the synergy was not there. And we had to pull back a little bit and say, how do we look at this in totality? And, and hence why we delivered this new program. Wonderful. So tell us about the insights, George. You know, what exactly are the, I suppose, high-level strategic goals for Photobox? And what's then the consumer-facing proposition? Excellent. Thank you very much. So the consumer-facing proposition is quite simply driven on behavioral economics, um, where we're trying to look at lifestyle and, and traditional um, non-core transactional behavior activity only but also behaviors so we've now we've now created circa 200 goals that could be achieved and that's through research and insight with our customers mm-hmm. uh, rather than something that we've come up with the benefits are quite ranging in terms of because it's such a diverse and almost unequal economy if you compare to any other place on the planet mm. we have a magnitude of differences. So we needed to create something that suits everyone's lifestyle. Okay. So we needed benefits for just simply being with Vodacom as a Vodacom subscriber on the pure mobile or fixed voice and data services. Okay. Then we said, then we said, how do we sort of attract the broader family? So how do we attract more than one person that potentially belongs 
to Vodacom in some other way from a services perspective. Mm-hmm. I started looking at goals beyond just pure transactional activities. And from a reward perspective, we've signed up over 300 partners and the rewards and benefits range from uh, a simple discount on meal vouchers that exist at, at famous retailers, uh, all sorts of uh, retailers from a food perspective, yeah. but also pure shopping, groceries, um, cosmetics, and then we've looked at travel, fashion, reward, uh, health, uh, all those kind of initiatives. And we've created the capability to pivot very quickly depending on circumstances. So a quick example is mm. obviously during COVID and the, and the forced shutdown that we had, yeah. it, would be, it would be a very big miss to award customers with travel vouchers and travel benefits yeah. because of lockdown. Yeah. So we shifted very quickly to try and ensure that the health elements were catered for in a much bigger way. Mm-hmm. So virtual doctor consults, as an example, were free of charge. Um, and those were some of the benefits. We have um, wow. retailers that specialize in healthcare products, and we awarded a lot more of those kind of uh, uh, points and, and vouchers to redeem for those products. Mm. Um, the economy was under pressure, so a lot of shopping vouchers to make sure that grocery shopping, et cetera, was yeah. much more in the forefront rather than some other benefits that perhaps are not more relevant or as relevant during this time. Yeah. And I can imagine the complexity, George, of, you know, developing a loyalty proposition, um, as you said, across the whole business, um, presumably started well before COVID was an issue and then having to evolve um, so specifically, because I know travel is a core proposition for a lot of loyalty programs. Um, so to have to, I suppose, push that to the, the back of the table for now and, and change the focus. But I love what you've done, obviously, in terms of um, virtual consultations, I know for, for doctors, consultations. So lots of incredible rewards. And you talked to me before we came on air as well, George, about, I suppose, the multiplier factor, um, which is certainly not easy across 300 merchants. So tell me, how big is your team and how do you go about um, sourcing rewards um, in order to deliver this um, this kind of uh, program proposition? Yeah, so actually our team is quite small, but it's growing. Uh, we opted for uh, sort of the strategy that says, Let's keep everybody really fit and energetic. <laughs> okay. And we, will, and, we will, and we will grow this as we evolve. Uh, wow. it's, it's by no means lack of ambition. To the sure. contrary, I've said this before and I'll say it again. We yeah. would like to become the platform integrator of choice where all loyalty programs could integrate into, into yeah. what we've created because we think we have yeah. some really unique capabilities that I'll speak about. Yeah. But in a nutshell, it, it's really important to, to give people the sense of ownership. And what we have is we have an amazing team that's small but dynamic. Okay. Uh, it's growing. I mean, we're in the process of just employing another 15 people. Wow. So, so <laughs> that's not growing, that small. <laughs> it's growing quite quickly. Okay. Um, because the negotiations with partnerships uh, or around these partnerships take some time. It really Whilst does. everybody genuinely yeah. believes in it and there's a huge amount of excitement up front, yeah. it, commercial things take a little bit of time to, to sign on the dotted line, so to speak. But we totally. really are proud of, of what they've been able to achieve. Yeah. Uh, we probably have a, around 15 people at the moment. Okay. And, and I say that's growing to about another 15 people. But we have a broader organization mm. that, that – is, is very much part of what we call joint delivery teams. Nice. So if you look at the way we're structured, we have a segment consumer marketing environment, mm-hmm. and there we look at personalization. So everyone that we address is a consumer in their own right, and what mm-hmm. are their likes and their dislikes, as opposed to a payment method of prepaid and postpaid. Yeah. 
Then we have a brand and comps team that takes it to market in terms of how does this get packaged? Yeah. So they're very much involved. Yeah. Then we have a, a base management team that looks at the, the customer value management lifecycle and all the stuff around big data platforms and the intelligence around that. They yeah. form very much part of this reward and loyalty team. Mm-hmm. Actually, the other way around, the reward and loyalty team sit as part of this team. Okay. And, and so the standalone size may not look that big, mm-hmm. although – in mm-hmm. some markets, I guess it could look big. Yeah. But it's more that the support that they get from the various other areas of the business, mm. which is totally within our control. And I think that's what makes it really uh, successful so far. Yeah, absolutely. And you told me as well the last time we spoke, George, that you've even chosen to build your entire loyalty platform in-house, um, which we talked about, I, I think, is a huge decision. As you acknowledged, it comes with um, a considerable amount of risk. But talk us through your, your thinking just in terms of what you needed and, and what you decided to do. I think it's a great question and, and one that we struggled with, to be brutally honest. Uh, not sure. an easy decision. Totally. Uh, we <laughs> flew around the world to a couple of places to look at different platforms and systems and programs that were up and running. Okay. Um, and, and we saw some amazing things, to be brutally honest. Really, mm. really amazing uh, mm. propositions. Yeah. Uh, but when we looked at underlying platforms and technology and so on, we didn't find anything that was uh, overwhelming as such. Uh, in fact, quite the contrary. We thought... We could quite easily build this. And more importantly, we could retain the capabilities, the the IP, um, rather than having to, in time, pay a huge fee on license fees and support and so on. Mm. And rather, we could extract all those costs Mm. and put them into the program itself. So Mm. if the running of the program Mm. through IT support and different suppliers and so on becomes very expensive, yeah. You've essentially taken away funding that you could put into the program itself. Mm. And, and that was the decision that we took. In mm. the end, of course, pros and cons. Mm. I do believe we've made the right decision because mm. cost is a fraction of, of the cost uh, wow. of having done it the other way. Okay. Um, and most importantly for me is that the IP is retained within the organization. So if yeah. I want to make yeah. tactical changes and I want to pivot quickly and be super agile and, and, and really move with speed, yeah. I can do that. And I don't have to do it uh, via sort of an outsource provider and consultation process, etc. Mm, absolutely. And I know as well, we talked about um, all of the insights. Again, you know, I love the fact that you flew around the world. I know you mentioned you came here to Dubai, for example. Um, I think there's there's huge value in that. And, uh, you know, all of the listeners will know I'm passionate about kind of sharing those insights um, and particularly capturing them. And also, I know what you've managed to do is, um, you know, get a few great people from Vitality, the other uh, very powerful, very well-known South African program in including, I think you mentioned having an actuary or two in your team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, wow. we, we do still we do still with pride. Um, we, yeah. we have in in the total broader uh, construct, we have about seventeen actuaries that form part of the the My broader God. team. Yeah. Um, so, so some really smart people, and thank goodness for them. They keep us honest with all the modeling <laughs> and, yeah. and and so on. Yeah. But also getting skills, as we said, you know, moving from a telco to a techo. Yeah. You have to acknowledge what you have mm-hmm. and what you don't have. Sure. And therefore, you need to go and recruit the absolute best in class yeah. to ensure that you deliver something that's simply magnificent. And that's what we did. We went yeah. and recruited skills yeah. uh, from what we believe is the best loyalty programs in the country and okay. certainly globally well-recognized. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's proven to be a very good start. Obviously, we need to ensure that there's a track record yeah. Over a period of time, it's the sure. early phases, but yeah. yet uh, in the very beginning stages, it's proving to be the absolutely right decision. 
Okay, wonderful. And you've talked a bit about the um, rewards partnerships, George. Um, and I'd love to just talk about the engagement because I know you have various um, goals, as you mentioned, for your members and, and for your customers. Um, and I know a lot of it is based on, on gamification. So that seems to be the underlying behavior, obviously, as well as, you know, you know, choosing a particular price plan. So what are the behaviors that you're uh, measuring with your members? Yeah, we, we tried to ensure that gamification was quite a, a big part of it. And the reason why we did that is we actually tested it in, uh, in our previous summer campaign and it resonated really, really well with customers. So uh, what we have at the moment is we have a shake mechanism using the capability of a smartphone device mm-hmm. and we have some really cool animation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So somebody jumping off a diving board into a swimming pool or driving a racing car going through the finish line, uh, a whole whole bunch of stuff. So once you've shaken the device, um, effectively, it will then unlock a benefit. Uh, And so that shake would then unlock a benefit. You Mm -hmm. then earn a certain amount of photo bucks. And when you have a certain amount of photo bucks, you can unlock a mega shake. And a mega (laughs) shake is a bigger prize. And it unlocks a couple of things. One is a mystery box. So nice. you can you can find a little bit of the mystery because again yeah. it sounds super simple, but a lot of research indicated that consumers actually like this. There's an element of mystery and intrigue associated totally. with it. Totally, yeah. And then we've also created a puzzle element, so it gives one confirmation that there are winners. In other words, uh, six pieces of the puzzle you've collected. One you can see what the diagram is, the picture, the image that's starting to unfold. Mm. Uh, and you can keep track of multiple puzzle pieces and the different uh, puzzles that we have. Okay. So so that seems to be resonating extremely well with consumers, the mm. gamification element of it. Okay. Um, because it feels like a little bit of fun. And I guess yeah. with the kind of 2020 that the whole world has had, a little bit of fun <laughs> is probably very well welcomed, if, you, if, if I can put it that way. Totally. And you're in a sector, George, which I've often said, it's a bit like um, the fuel industry, you know, customers need it, uh, but they, they kind of seem to not want to pay for it, you know. So, you know, we love our mobile phone, but then the bill comes and we're all, you know, <laughs> kind of giving out. So, yeah, to add fun into a particularly like a ut- utility like you guys are operating in, I think it's absolutely the right strategy. So, uh, so I think it's really clever. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. And of course, some of the goals that we're trying to ensure are one, that consumers find uh, the most cost-effective propositions for them. Yeah. And so we personalize things. So okay. the offers that we will present are on a personalized level. Yeah. And uh, of course, we want to make sure that customers get value for money. Yes. But equally, we look at different profiles and say, what are the best kind of rewards that would sort of suit that profile? Number yeah. one. Number two is um, you know, if we look at using my Vodacom app, which is a great, rich experience versus perhaps USSD, yeah. sort of SMS or text-based, yeah. uh, you know, if you use the app, we will reward you more because we know that that experience is so much better. So we really would like you to have that experience. Yeah. So we encourage that. Um, we have other goals, for example, if you just watch a, a COVID video, mm. you automatically get a certain amount of photo bucks. And that's just to ensure that we are 
an yeah. ethical and responsible organization. You yeah. know, keep washing your hands, keep sanitizing, don't touch your face, et cetera, et cetera. Amazing. So for simply watching an educational video, you will be allocated a, a certain amount of reward points. Wow. And that's extraordinary because I know a lot of brands struggle with rewarding non-commercial behaviors, you know, because finding the funding and, and making sure that that's commercially viable is not something that every loyalty program is designed to do. So I can hear you've built that into the strategy from, from the off. Yeah, exactly. I think it links to the proposition that I spoke about earlier, which is engagement. Mm -hmm. We've we built in a capability that allows for consumers, once they've earned their, their sort of uh, voter bucks, mm -hmm. they can bank them, which makes them valid for 12 months. If I go a little bit into the program itself. Yeah. And one, one would say there's two schools of thought. Uh, I've already earned something. Why are you making me bank them to keep them? Yeah. I want a loyalty program that ensures a high level of engagement. I don't want you to have earned something without you even knowing that you've earned it. Yeah. Now, we do remind consumers regularly all mm. the way up to because they bank every week. So mm. we are not intending to hope that they don't bank to the contrary. Sure. We are reminding them on a daily basis to say, please bank, please bank, please bank your voter bucks. Because yeah. then they'll be valid for 12 months. Okay. Once they bank, it starts showing a very different level of engagement. And we can, we can then unlock a whole bunch of commercial benefits to that consumer because on banking day, they can convert and see exactly what they've got. And through multiple partners that we've got on our network, mm. we can ensure that they provide a whole bunch of benefits when that happens. So, okay. of course, they're eligible to it, but the banking ensures a high level of engagement mm. so that you haven't earned something that you're not even aware of. Yeah. Rather, I want to stay in frequent contact with you. Absolutely. And was that a controversial one, George, or was that a difficult decision to make? Because, again, you know, what we tend to, to preach, I suppose, as loyalty practitioners is remove friction. And, and clearly there's a manual step now. And I can hear the, 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 the thinking behind it. But did you test it? Were you worried about it or is it working? <laughs> uh, all of the above. Was I worried about it? Absolutely. <laughs> OK. Did we test it? Absolutely. Many times did yeah. we have to tweak it in terms of the procedure, in terms of the how? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we did need to make it uh, a positive spin as mm. opposed to another hurdle. Okay. Um, and, and that takes a great amount of effort. Now, one is not trying to sprinkle sugar on a lemon, so to speak. Yeah. One is really trying to ensure through a difficult path. And I do believe this very firmly. Yeah. No, no good decisions are taken very lightly and very easily without some pain. Yeah. I know that this is not the norm, but yeah. I absolutely believe in my heart that it's the right thing. Okay. And my heart's not good enough. So we tested it and tested <laughs> it and fine-tuned it and okay. asked customers a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Yeah. And I think we got to a position where it's very well accepted. And I mean, if all indications so far of what we've got, you know, we have over 5 million customers banking. Wow. Weekly. Wow. So, so, uh, if, okay. if it's not working, then I don't know. But yeah. statistically, yeah. it certainly is indicative of something that's working and it's early days. So is yeah. there work to be done? Yeah. Absolutely. But we do believe it's a very, very critical step to ensure a high level of engagement and therefore yeah. uh, a great level of reward to customers. Wow. Well, I was going to ask you about the take of George. Um, as we said at the start, you only launched on the 31st of August. So you're about eight or nine or 10 weeks old, depending on what date this is uh, being released. But literally, five million people banking already, um, literally as a, a brand new program. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you very much. 
we, we're super excited about it. So, so far, so good, as I say. Sure. Of course, we're going to keep um, our feet firmly on the ground. Yeah. Uh, we've just got going. So, there's a lot still to be done. Yeah. But as I said, through a lot of effort yeah. um, and nerves, as I said, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't take it lightly. It was a very, yeah. very tough decision. In it, fact, yeah. we were we were going to make a different decision many, many times. I'm sure. And uh, and in the end, we persevered with what we believe is absolutely the right thing and just keep on improving the journey. Super, super. Well, it's certainly food for thought for listeners, George. So thank you for talking us through that and for being honest enough to admit that uh, it was a scary one at the same time. <laughs> um, I'd love to ask you now about two, um, I suppose, small channels, but they fascinate me just from a practical point of view. And again, I haven't worked in the loyalty market in South Africa, but I've done some market research there and two things uh, come to mind. One is USSD, um, which I think is absolutely fascinating. And I'd love you to explain because many listeners, I'm sure, will not be familiar with that um, approach. And the other one I saw actually was uh, WhatsApp. I can see that... um, customers can connect with Vodacom using WhatsApp. So I'd love you just to talk through those two channels and and any observations you have on how useful they are in the overall mix. Yeah, it's a great question and a great observation. Um, USSD is effectively unstructured supplementary services. So it's really... (laughs) Okay. It's really just texting. So a short code, if I put it into layman's terms, yeah. you text the message to a short code. It could be star 100 hash and it would drop down the menu yeah. that says balance, buy bundles, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, mm-hmm. a, it's an engagement channel. Mm-hmm. It's our biggest volume channel by a long shot. Is it? And it would be the same for my competitors as well in the I'm telco sure. space. Yeah. Um, and why it exists largely is because of the level of smartphone penetration. So if you look at historically, 2G yeah. phones and then eventually 3G. Yeah. So smartphone penetration has been relatively low. It's increased significantly over the last while as we look at the affordability yeah. and different propositions around smartphones. Yeah. So USSD as a channel is a big, big volume driver, largely mm-hmm. 2G and 3G focused, mm-hmm. 2G and 3G device users okay. that use that, that channel. Yeah. Then we have, so I would say that's sort of step one. Mm-hmm. Then step three would be the My Vodacom app, which is a very rich experience. Okay. And and obviously that has real rich capabilities, yeah. uh, audiovisual um, and full smartphone capabilities. So effectively, you can do whatever you would have done on a PC or a tablet, full mm. internet connectivity, mm. um, and, and you can do pretty much anything. Mm. And then in the middle is what we would call the bridge, and that's WhatsApp. So we'll okay. use an OTT service. Um, a lot of consumers are utilizing it. So we're basically saying we have USSD, we have a WhatsApp channel as an engagement. So you could also mm. send a message to a WhatsApp channel and we will then take that information mm. and we will ingest that data into our platforms and we mm. will provide the same feedback. Mm-hmm. What we're launching shortly is we have Toby, which is our chatbot. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, Toby is really iBot spelled backwards. Uh, well but done. Toby, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so Toby is our, is our uh, chatbot um, and Toby will be featured into a lot of the journeys as well. Uh, we're busy just t- testing voice at the moment. It's been text primarily. Yeah. We're testing voice at the moment and we should go live imminently with that as well. So we're just trying to enrich the experience. So you mean voice on WhatsApp? Voice on multiple channels. So you wow. could engage you could engage in okay. one other format and we could we could respond in voice. Okay. You could also come in via voice and then we could respond mm. in voice. We're just making sure that 
from a language perspective, yeah, um, that's all sorted out because we have uh, twelve official languages in the country. I was and about so we to have ask. to start with a few of the main ones. Otherwise, of we have course. a real challenge. Oh my goodness! So, how many languages is your loyalty program currently in George? So at the moment it's in English. It's we've started it purely in English. We okay. already have some elements in a couple of languages. Okay. Uh, but we started it in English, which is effectively the most common language in terms of business communication. Okay. Sure. But yeah. it will evolve. It will evolve for sure as we expand Wonderful. on the personalization. Absolutely. Well, I've already talked to Toby today. Uh, <laughs> Toby was clever enough to know that I'm not a Vodacom customer, <laughs> so wouldn't send me any Voda books, unfortunately, here to Dubai. But anyway, I did try. <laughs> um, but even USSD, actually, it's it's almost just for me um, personally reassuring because I just find that uh, it's important to cater for for all ends of the market, even even now. So I know every loyalty program that wants to launch wants to be super slick and very sexy. But at the end of the day, you need the volume and you need the scale. And certainly in uh, most of Africa, I believe USSD has to be a channel that's included. So super happy to hear you've included that. Yeah, and, and it's tricky. You know, these things are, let me give you an example, if I can just take it down to a practical level. How do you sure. show a puzzle mm. on a USSD string, on a text? Mm. It's really difficult. Of course. So, so you almost have to play, I don't know if you remember the uh, sort of Scrabble or Hangman, if you like, where, yeah. you know, you've got one letter, a mm. couple of spaces, another letter, and you've got to sort of join the dots. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and you've got to fill in the missing letters. We, we, we have to find very unique and creative ways of how to try and create a puzzle element on, on a text format, because now yeah. you don't have the visual capability. Yeah. Uh, and that in itself is quite intriguing. Yeah. Um, and there's a huge amount of creativity mm. behind trying to make sure that at an execution level, it's actually relatively easy. Yeah. But from an, from an algorithm and, and so on in the background, it's quite complicated. It's mm. just how do you present it in an easy way to consumers in a frictionless way. Of course, of course. And given the capabilities, for example, with WhatsApp, do you see that also becoming a channel that people can check how many voter books they've got and bank their voter books? Yes, for sure. Uh, we will obviously allow that. Our primary choice would be the My Vodacom app because it's a okay. much better experience. Okay. But absolutely. Okay. Um, you know, if, if I have a choice of what would my preference be for everyone to engage with us, it would be My Vodacom app just mm. because it's a beautiful experience. Mm. But we have to cater for uh, the entire market and what channels are available and the most appropriate. Yeah. And I think we also have to cater for, you know, phones with low memory. So I might have a smartphone, but I mightn't have the capacity to download another app. So certainly I've, I've looked at programs in the Philippines, for example, and that's been a core issue. You know, if I'm asking a member to, to subscribe or download, they're going to have to delete something off their phone. And, you know, where I live, that's not an issue. In Ireland, where I worked, it wasn't an issue. But again, that's why I love talking to Global Voices of Loyalty. <laughs> Yeah, fully agree. Great. The other, uh, I suppose, final area from my side, uh, George, that I wanted to talk about was um, this idea of coalition. So you've mentioned uh, levels of ambition. I know Vodacom has, as we've already said, dominant market share, um, a very um, excited proposition, an excited team. But what do you see the opportunity for coalition? Because South Africa historically hasn't had a coalition program. Yeah, I think... There really is an opportunity for that. Um, and, and the reason why I say that is, if you look at our, the customer base, our size that we have, then you look at the capability that we have in terms of billing and collecting. Mm -hmm. So uh, very, 
very few, if any, have that kind of capability. Mm -hmm. Then if I look at tender methods or payment methods, and mm -hmm. I'll say, you can redeem by airtime, you can redeem by Vodabucks, you can redeem by a debit or credit card, you can redeem via store value, mm -hmm. or you can redeem via an advance me because I'm in the financial services space as well. We have a very strategic play there. Wow. And we will be integrating that into our into our latest program, which will be Voter Pay. It's a partnership we've done with Alipay, Alibaba. Wow. Okay. Uh, and we intend to go live um, sort of just at the end of quarter one, beginning of quarter two next calendar year. Okay. Uh, and and Voterbucks will play a vital role in integrating all of that from a reward and loyalty perspective. So I think that a retailer mm. would absolutely love to put one of their products onto my Vodabucks eShop yeah. because of the amount of traffic. And we have a number of products already that have shown phenomenal sales. Mm -hmm. uh, Kauai is, is one of our retailers that we have in South Africa that typically are based in the, in the gyms. They've got very much a health food range and smoothies and things like that. Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we did a significant amount of turnover in three days where we had them phone us up and say, we've never done this kind of turnover. Wow. Um, and the reason why that happened is we had a, a launch initiative where if you had X amount of Vodabucks, you could go and redeem for a smoothie okay. uh, of your choice at one of the choirs. Love it. And, and they've never seen this. Uh, we've just closed off a deal with another retailer Yeah. Uh, for just uh, Coca-Cola as an example. You know, so we'll be giving away hundreds of thousands and they will be redeemable at a, at a massive footprint around the country. Okay. So bringing these, it's almost creating a marketplace, if you like, Yeah. Um, through the capability that we have. And when we when we fully integrate this into Vodapay, then you really have a marketplace mm. uh, because that unlocks all that capability. And then you have the Vodabucks reward program that is the is the cotton thread, if you like, yeah. through this entire organization. Yeah. So we have a, we have an enterprise play, mm -hmm. which obviously is um, uh, public sector, SMEs, Soho, and so on. We have a financial services play, which is lending, payments, insurance, and investments. Mm -hmm. Those are the four pillars of the strategy. Then we have a consumer play, mm -hmm. which cuts across all the segments. We have mass, uh, you know, family and household, etc., fixed, mm -hmm. mobile, converged. Mm -hmm. Then we have Vodapay, which effectively creates the marketplace, and Vodabucks will be the underlying loyalty program and reward program throughout. Now, if you think of the partnerships that we have, there's a, a wonderful opportunity to co-create, mm. to compete, mm -hmm. and we understand that in some instances with one partnership, we will mm. compete on one hand, mm. but we will co-create and we will support each other on the other hand. Mm. And I think that flexibility in the new world in terms of the way we conduct business yeah. is going to be really, really powerful. Indeed. And there's been quite a few conversations on this show, George, which would say exactly the same. You know, coalition as a model uh, can be complex uh, because there's questions about who owns the date and all of these um, very big questions that have to be answered. And as you've already acknowledged, you know, negotiating with partnerships does take considerable time, especially at this early stage. And obviously those relationships build over time. But it certainly sounds like you have a very big vision for the future. And what I particularly like actually is that um, you know online to offline that that footprint you measure you mentioned? So, what kind of retail stores is it? Just the smoothies for now, or you, if you got other partners in the in the physical world space with rewards? No, we have a massive amount of partners. So, just in the food space alone, we have uh, 
probably in excess of 400 in the in the retail space we have over 10,000 oh my goodness in terms of of the the, the footprint because yeah. of the partnerships that we have in place today so you could go okay. and redeem yeah. uh, one of these retailers for multiple products which is fantastic because yeah. again yeah. the mechanics of the program is that I don't have to carry any inventory at all Totally. I carry inventory for my core products, which is mm-hmm. what I'm good at. It's mm-hmm. what I know. It's what mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah. But I have zero ambition or skills yeah. to sell clothing or smoothies or a tin of beans yeah. or a Nando's chicken yeah. uh, or anything else for that matter that is not my core competency. Yeah. So I'd rather leave that up to the partners that we've partnered with mm-hmm. to deliver on their core competency. Mm-hmm. And we've just created this amazing partnership, which will allow this mm-hmm. footprint as you said, to go from online to offline mm-hmm. and really get great execution. And we see the redemption uh, of these products or the vouchers for these products being a phenomenal uptake. So it's really, mm-hmm. really proving to be successful. Indeed, yes. We dabbled, I would say, um, with similar experiences um, with O2 and with 3 in Ireland, and mainly in the coffee space. In fact, we we, we didn't have a big budget or, you know, uh, a huge uh, program plan in the same uh, way that you have, George. But uh, it was incredible to see people and how much more I think they valued, you know, not just, you know, a currency in an app, which, yes, might be a beautiful experience. But um, at the end of the day, you're not sure maybe what it's worth. But then when you go and show up, in the, the juice store, the coffee store, and you get your free drink or your free smoothie, it suddenly becomes actually even viral, I would say. Absolutely. We've seen that. Um, it's been amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not even sure what words to use, but it's humbling and, and so rewarding and fulfilling at the same time. When you look at some of the social media comments about yeah. how how chuffed somebody is because they got awarded a, a Nando's chicken or the Kauai totally. shake, a smoothie. Yeah. Um, you know, in our in our test phase of this program last year through the summer campaign, as I mentioned earlier, yeah, we we actually redeemed over a million ice creams because we had ice creams as part of a, and Lovely. obviously an ice cream in summer is just a perfect match. Perfect, um, yeah. But but that's the kind of volume that you could yeah. that you could deliver uh, given the right partnerships and the good fit. Yes, right? of obviously course. Obviously, a good fit and, and making sure that. Yeah. Through your big data analytics, yeah. the machine is always learning and providing real capability to personalize everything. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm amused, just as you mentioned, big data, George, because clearly we talk about it extensively. Um, but I've just had a message from my bank about Diwali um, and culturally that's... <laughs> It's not my thing. So I'm just kind of going, either somebody's being lazy or I don't know what, but, you know, I wait for my birthday every year to uh, <laughs> to judge all the loyalty programs I'm a member of and tell them they're terrible. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm sure you're doing a much better job, George, than the ones that I'm uh, dabbling with. But um, anyway, listen, it's, a, it's an extraordinary program. I love what you're doing. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention, George, from your side before we wrap up? No, I think thank you for being uh, for allowing me to be on on your show. I uh, really appreciate it. It's a it's an absolute honor to to just openly have a discussion around what we're doing. Um, I'm really confident and nervous at the same time. We, <laughs> yeah, we're definitely on the right track. There's no question about that. We yeah. we're doing the right stuff. Uh, it's about execution and so on. These are big bold steps. Um, and as I said, nothing ventured, nothing gained. So we yeah. really are prepared to take those risks. We're putting our money where our mouth is. We're building real capability. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited. I think it's phenomenal. It's extraordinary. Uh, we intend for it to be hugely successful and we will do everything in our power for that to happen. 
Yeah. Um, and it will evolve. You know, this is the early stages. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just hope that our consumers, that's the real measure, really love the program. As yeah. I say, early days, indicatively, mm. they're saying, yes, it's amazing. We love it. Yeah. By the level of engagement, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So it's on us to ensure that we keep the journey, keep evolving, listen to our customers. I'm really, really, really um, passionate about customer centricity. Yeah. Uh, the voice of the customer is key. Yeah. It's not about what we think. We test everything before we take it to market. Yeah. Uh, and so for me, that's the real sort of gain. If we can make a difference in someone's lives and uh, and maybe just in ending, we've already issued uh, two 500,000 Rand prizes towards a dream house to two, wow. to two lucky consumers. Wow. Um, very heartwarming when you hand that over and, and you touch someone's life in that way. It's really, really significant. We've already issued over four and a half million in prizes Wow. So there's real value flowing through. You know, this is not yeah. uh, a, a spreadsheet exercise or a PowerPoint exercise. This is touching people's lives in totally. a very real way. And that's, for me, the beauty of the program. Yes, yes. Well said, George. No, and I can see um, not just in the everyday moments of, of fun and joy that you've created, you know, just to kind of get the, the, the program up and running. But I did read the, the press release about the last 500,000 Rand uh, giveaway, which just for listeners, maybe it's, uh, it's about 30,000, 32,000 US dollars as a Great. prize, you know, just for shaking your phone. So again, at the very early stages of the program, it's incredibly rich, definitely making a huge difference in customers' lives. And what, what I was thinking as you were saying that, George, um, there's a, a phrase that I saw from Jeff Bezos, um, who really described the Amazon Prime program, that he has this idea that he wants to build something that's so good that you would be irresponsible not to join. So <laughs> that's exactly what I'm hearing with Vodabox. It's like, you know, yeah. we're just going to keep making it better. So yeah, I think you're doing extraordinary work. I'd say uh, Vodacom's very lucky to have you. So just from my side, George Mendes, from Vodacom Africa. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you so much, Paula. Lovely to be here. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights, and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 170 executives in 20 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform, find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews and thanks again for supporting the show.